What's up everybody? Welcome to Crypto with Coop. I'm Coop and this is the spot for fun, informative conversations with influential people in the crypto space. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Stacy Warden. Stacy has worked at JP Morgan, the Treasury Department, Milken Institute, and many other places. Currently, she is the CEO of the Algorand Foundation. And folks, she's injecting some serious energy into that ecosystem. Stacy has been focused on financial inclusion in underserved areas her entire career, and she is finally here in the blockchain space, making it happen where it belongs. You know what I mean? This conversation covers all things Algorand. We talk about Algorand governance. We talk about incentivizing DeFi, the new partnership in Nigeria, and we talk about it like we've been old friends. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I think you will too. But before we dive in, let's get a word from our sponsor, Headline Inc. Headline is building essential Algorand ecosystem tools. They have a DEX, HDX. It just went live on Testnet. It's a flat fee trading platform, actually free if you hold a Platinum Astro NFT. But yeah, they have a thriving community in the Algorand ecosystem. They're building DAO tools, NFTs with utility, and much, much more. Basically, if Algorand needs it, Headline is building it. All right, everybody. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Stacy Warden. Thank you so much for joining me, Stacy. I'm so excited to be here. I, uh, you know, I can't turn myself into a circus animal of any kind, but I am glad to. Uh, I'm glad to be here <laughs> in the flesh. You, yeah, you're you're all right because of uh, Dojo from Pact. Yeah, your guests have an amazing amount of technical capabilities. It's a little intimidating <laughs> to go oh after God. that. I know. Well, you look great. And look, I have to say, you aren't a talking bear, but you do have a Hawaiian shirt on and some plants in the background. Thank you for noticing. I wore this for you. I wore this for you. It's almost matching. Oh, yeah. I have. Um, yeah, we're almost matching. Everybody, we're matching. Look at this. We're here. We, here we go. We're looking good for us. We're looking good. So again, thank you for taking the time. I'm very excited to you know speak to you. I know my audience. You know the audience. We're very familiar. I think most people are pretty familiar with um, you know who you are and where you came from by now. Um, a lot of people caught you on the Salt podcast the other day, which was a great you know a great chat. Well, I wanted to I wanted a dry run before I got to you. You know, I needed a right. practice venue before I hit the big time. So I know. Well, you know what? Here you are. You made it. You got through Scaramucci, your warm up, and now you got the recoup. Yeah. So, um, OK. But in case there's anybody out there, um, you know, you have a long history in the traditional finance world. You know, you worked at JP Morgan and you were, uh, you know, the Treasury Department, the Milken Institute. There's a lot of different interesting things that you've done. And you've always kind of focused on financial inclusion and, you know, these global markets and bringing capital markets, well-functioning capital markets. And anyways, let's let you talk about it. But what is it about your past that has brought you to your present? Yeah, I mean, you I think you absolutely nailed it. I, you know, for me, you know, I'm very interested in growth and prosperity of nations and economies. And I, and I have come to believe, and I think I'm right about this over time, that it's a private sector led growth model. So it's the private sector that is going to drive us to prosperity. And so what does the private sector need? Well, you know, they need access to capital so that good people with good ideas and entrepreneurs can have the money that they need to, to build their dreams. And so where are they going to get their money from? Well, that's got to come from, you know, can come from the government, of course, but it also needs to come from investors, from household right, savings. Right. And so that mechanism of capital markets that turns household savings into investors and ch channels that investment into the private sector, if you can get that on a kind of a virtuous circle of growth, that to me is a really important component of how you get economic growth more broadly. And so that's I have right. always been about trying to improve that process for entrepreneurs and for savers alike. Um, and so I think that uh, inexorably leads you to crypto. You know, I like to say that kind of from traditional finance to crypto is kind of a one way street. Um, right, we'll always right. have a place for traditional finance, of course, but they but crypto can really add to the strategy 100 percent for that. Yeah. And so, you know, do you think that, you know, the bankers and the traditional finance world, uh, how on their radar, how worried are they about, um, you know, decentralized finance and all of that? What is your estimation on that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, I spent a couple of years at the NASDAQ and I spent uh, eight years at JP Morgan and like there's no slouches over there, right? They're very clever right. financial people that care a lot about the same things that that you and I care about for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's new. And of course, the official position is always a little bit different than the position of individual bankers. I mean, there are probably very few JP Morgan bankers that I knew that don't have some kind of crypto portfolio, of course, right? Because this is right, very right. innovative and very exciting stuff. Now, the traditional banking sector, of course, does have, ever since the financial crisis in particular, a pretty uh, large regulatory burden that they're trying to you know, operate under. And so they do complain. They complained when fintech came along that, you know, it's not as regulated and they're competing and it's not fair. And I, you know, I have some sympathy for that in some areas. But I think that they need to get they need to wrap their 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 minds around a couple of elements of this. And I think over time they will continue to be more and more participatory in it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they get more and more regulatory clarity, I think they'll do uh, they'll do more and more. Now, you know, having said that, there is a pretty, I would say, existential amount of operational risk for the banking sector getting involved in crypto. And a woman named uh, Caitlin Long is very smart on these issues. So I I recommend folks to follow her on LinkedIn or Twitter if you if you are more interested in this kind of idea about how the banking sister can banking system can operate in crypto with crypto. But mm -hmm. she makes the point that it is really regular, really operational risk that it comes down to because crypto settles immediately without recourse, right? You know, if you, if you, if something happens, you don't get your money back, you lose your keys, you don't get your money back. Whereas yeah. the banking system, that banks, they reconcile at the end of the day. So it's end of day clearing and they are constantly reversing charges. You know, you don't like something and you try to get, you know, your shoes back from the vendor and you get your, you know, you get your money back or whatever it is. And to have both of those regimes under on one balance sheet, you have to think very carefully about operational risk there. And so I think regulators are going to move slowly and make sure that banks have the proper kind of, um, uh, you know, walls between these things to make sure they don't get in, in trouble. Right. That yeah. also probably eliminates a lot of jobs, doesn't it? You know, if everything is settling immediately, does that, are, are people losing their jobs there, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the banking system is all about intermediation, right? And so it's about putting people in between buyers and sellers to, you know, clear and settle and yeah. move the money. Yeah. You know, that's hold your money until you're sure that you everybody is happy and then you release it in escrow. All that stuff can really yeah. be disintermediated by crypto 100%. Right. So, yeah, there might be a disincentive or maybe they're not in such a hurry. But OK, so that's that's interesting. So what about Algorand? I know, you know, I we heard your story the other day, but real quick, like so you've only been the CEO since January, which I mean, you've come out like guns blazing and like there's been a whole transformation. I think you have everybody really excited with, you know, obviously your uh you know the the gravitas that you bring and the that's your gravitas this is my my most gravitas <laughs> that is your i'm just so happy that that was in your closet so you, <laughs> <laughs> you could wear it um but i mean look there's there's a humor but there's also just an attack it feels like we're getting all of this amazing news today this morning um this is unraveling right now we're shooting this monday morning but Coibanks just um, announced a huge relationship in Nigeria. You know, FIFA was just um, announced, and that not that's not just a sponsorship. But this, there's so much going on, and you know, you've been CEO for such a short amount of time. It's like, you know, time flies when the world's on fire. But like, what do uh, what's going on? How did you get to Algorand? Specifically, well, you know, the way that you phrase that question, I think, is exactly the right way to think about it. You know, I couldn't. We couldn't do these things. We couldn't go after things like the entire digital um, uh, operations of a government, right? We couldn't go after all of these like large scale uh, plays unless we were a layer one like Algorand, right? Because it's only it's only here that you can go after, you know, and as I like to say, the financial inclusion of the 1.7 billion people that don't have it, right? And so when I came to, when I, I was first headhunted to be on the board, and so I started digging in um, uh, to, to, to see as to whether I would accept this board appointment. And I really realized, you know, and I've said this a couple of times now, kind of since the first, when I first became uh, aware of, you know, the potential of Bitcoin, which was a little early again then, you know, and um, 
that like, okay, wow, this is the layer one that could actually do it. Like these guys, they have the consensus mechanism that can make it work. And that consensus mechanism famously enables us to scale, right? It enables us to scale with a light carbon footprint. And only with this kind of firepower can you or can I or anybody else be the CEO that we want to be? I mean, as a CEO, the most the thing that you have to worry the most about is the product, right? If you don't have a good product, you know, there's not a lot you can do with that. So for me to come in and be like, okay, I've got the best product. Like, all right, everything else just seems like we just got to keep our foot on the gas pedal and we need to fire on all cylinders and make sure that we have, you know, the the head count and make sure that we have the marketing spend and make sure that we have a prioritization of what we're going to go after and 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 a strategic approach that's global and that we line up the resources and the accountability that we have and the scale that we want to achieve. And that stuff's easier than, you know, trying to put lipstick on a piggish product, right? Right. And that seems to be, you know, what a lot of people have to do. And that's what's, I think a lot of us out here look at Algorand and that's why we got convinced is because, okay, we see Sylvia McCauley, we see what he's accomplished in his career. We see, and then we actually use Algorand and how fast it is, how cheap it is. And, you know, how it's never been down. It can't fork, you know, all the things that we know and the things that we say. Um, so, Okay, so so you 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 get appointed to the board, and you mentioned you mentioned Bitcoin real quick. What is your opinion of like a of Bitcoin now at this point? Like, where where do you see? Do you think that things like Algorand are going to make it irrelevant, or do you see Bitcoin um, as something completely different? And uh, you know, what is your opinion of Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, nothing is going to make Bitcoin irrelevant. Uh, yeah, and I hope that's true. I mean, you know. It lo- bigger and stronger, you know, things than, than Algorand have tried to take Bitcoin down. Not that we're trying, we, we aren't, but like nothing, nothing is yeah. going to make Bitcoin irrelevant, I will say. Yeah. Um, and it is truly decentralized, right? And mm-hmm. it is a protocol where, you know, it's a, it's a very interesting idea, right? That you are, you are transforming power, electric power and energy into something monetary. That's a very powerful idea, right? And, mm-hmm. um, and Bitcoin, I think, you know, it is a, it should be, I think, thought of as a substitute for gold, right? I mean, when you think about, look, I used to be at JP Morgan, right? We have a gold that's very, very important gold that's very important business line for JP Morgan. This is basically mm-hmm. what central banks and other holders of, of gold do. This is, this is the, this is the gold um, industry. You go to a country, you dig down like two miles into the ground, right? You pull this stuff out, you come up, you get shot at, you know, you put it in a Briggs truck, you get shot at, you put it in a, in a plane, you know, you have security guards all around you, you fly in a plane, you land in like say London, you get shot at, you put it in a Briggs truck and then you bury it in the ground two miles under the Bank of England. Like, <laughs> really? You know, <laughs> really? And so <laughs> the idea that, that Bitcoin is just as secure because it's so decentralized, right? Mm-hmm. It's digital. It's much easier to transact. You don't have to have all those Brinks trucks and, and people, you know, digging miles into the ground. It's just like, it's an obvious to me um, part of a portfolio and it should substitute for gold in not 100%, but in a large in a large sense. Right. That makes sense. And then, you know, you spent you, you mentioned, um, you know, decentralization and, you know, I talked to I talked to Bitcoiners and a lot of times they say everything except for Bitcoin is a unregulated security. Now, I think it's been pretty clear recently that um, the United States government also considers Ethereum to be a commodity or currency. Um what is your what is your opinion on, you know, that accusation towards all the different layer ones and, and things like that? You know, I'm so surprised to hear that those big guys, Bitcoin guys are maxis. Are they maxis over there? Yeah, this is news. Breaking news. This there are people news. that really think it's just Bitcoin and that's it. Is that so? Huh. Yeah. Um, Never. You haven't heard this, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think, you know, like I think Bitcoin has a role, but I do think that, you know, after Satoshi Nakamoto, you know, the most important person in the space is, of course, Vitalik Buterin, right? Mm-hmm. And that he could, he could come along and say, like, 
since these are just digital, you know, these are just like pieces of code, we could make those programmable. We could have this money have an if then statement attached to it. Like that was pretty revolutionary, right? And then right, again, right. like Bitcoin, Ethereum was very early and it used the same proof of work um, protocol, which, you know, they're, they're changing, uh, uh, we're told. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not quite fast enough and it's got kind of a, a heavy carbon footprint still. And it's, you know, the gas fees are kind of famous for it, for, you know, famous for their high, high gas fees. And so there is room, of course, for improvement. And, you know, so, uh, then additional layer ones come along and, you know, we're kind of version three, we're the, the bleeding edge of where I think we need we need to get to. But they everybody has a place, right, in this ecosystem. Right, right. And we think in a, you know, in a purely multi-chain world, which we which we are very much support, right? Like those guys over at Algorand Inc., they're spending all their time now on, of course, uh, transaction speed and final settlement speed. So that's, you know, you know, increasing by a factor of X and, and having in terms of final settlement. But they're working on state proofs, as you know, very yeah, aggressively, yeah. right? And, and state proofs are only relevant in a multi-chain world, right? So it's not about us being, you know, better than anybody else. I mean, we are, of course, better than everybody else, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, having a multi-chain world where we are, a very important kind of ballast of it. Yeah, now, I will yeah. say something on regulation, though, because I know that was part of your question, which I think is mm-hmm. really important that has come out now just uh, this month from FASB, the Financial Accounting Standards Board. And mm-hmm. um, this, they have now, uh, and this is kind of an interesting thing too, they have been, we have been asking them to do some accounting treatment of digital assets, of crypto assets. And they've always demurred. It's like they won't even put it on the agenda for discussion. As early as I think 2020, end of 2020. And the reason they said was, well, there's just not the interest there. You know, it's like kind of a niche thing. Why do why should we be paying attention to it? So just the idea that now it's on the agenda is also an acknowledgement of how big crypto is getting and has gotten how it is how important it is to household wealth, right? So so they have right now basically this is this is gets a bit technical, but you can hold assets on your books in different ways and and in different like um parts of your accounting books. And one is called tradable assets, right? And so in, and then you have to mark to market your losses on a daily on a daily basis. And so mm-hmm. we have crypto assets when they're held on the books of a of a of a company or an investor, they have to mark to market when they lose money, but they don't mark to market when they go up in value. So you're kind of capped. You use the price that you bought them as your as your cap, but you have to mark it whenever you lose. And so this looks from an accounting point of view, just terrible. And it's a big disincentive for institutional investors because it's just purely the accounting treatment that they have to use. So the idea that FASB is looking at this and looking at it in a rational way already, that's pretty good news. And and honestly, almost anything that they could come up with is going to be a better scenario than what we have right now. So it's pretty, it's, you know, it gets, this is kind of technical minutiae, but it can end up being very, very important. Okay. So, so what you're saying it. What's that? Something to watch. So what basically what you just said is, is that there is a real disincentive just from an accounting perspective for institutions to get into crypto because of the way that they have to how it shows on their books, how they have to report it. Yeah, how they have to report it. Interesting. And then, you know, we're talking about uh, decentralization, you know, um, Silvio and Algorand um, makes the claim that they've solved the blockchain trilemma, which is security, decentralization and speed. Correct. And are security decentralized and scalability um so and you know then you hear people they'll they'll say well yeah but then the relay nodes are still uh permissioned or you know uh things like that there's a foundation you know what is the the pushback to people that say that algorand isn't truly decentralized is it like those people that say oh the boat probably has a hole in it like people like that No, 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 not those guys. Those guys are great. I love the whole, the boat hole guys. I, I got to tell you, that boat came in second place after you were trash talking. That boat came in second place. I know. What an epic. I thought it was third. It wasn't third. I know. Somehow they retabulated over the weekend. Like, I don't know. They, I don't know oh, how they do it. Okay. That boat came in second place, I want to say. Well, exp- With algorithm yeah. all over it. You know, it's so funny because I actually was in Bermuda um, like just, you know, a couple days afterwards and I went into they had like a pop up shop and they were kind of closing down. And I was hoping to get a Canadian Algorand hat, but they didn't have any. But um, they they probably had them and they didn't want to give you one since you were (laughs) trash talking about. Yeah, they had a picture of me on the wall. Hole in it. 
<laughs> well, and then by the way, we're we're struggling again. I think the Celtics. What was it two nights ago? They um, they struggled against the Heat, right? Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. We don't need to get into sports, Stacey. You no, know, my brother. But... <laughs> I've lived in Boston all my life and grew up in Boston. My brother's a huge Boston sports fan, and he gets so mad at me when I'm like, "Oh, the Celtics." He's like, "You can't just show up for the games where they win, you know, and be like, oh, rah, rah. <laughs> you don't get to so yeah. yeah well so your brother's accusing you of being a fair weather fan huh a tiny bit yeah he was not yeah. very happy when i became a tampa bay fan when tom brady moved to florida oh. you are not happy with me at all no, but he wasn't you're not no. alone you're not yeah. alone though um so but okay so the, but real quick what is it that you say to you know people about algorand's decentralization yeah, I mean, I think you need to think about decentralization in a number of different ways. And I think the first thing to think about is um, the number of wallets and how dispersed those wallets are. And of course, the velocity of money, how, how many algo trade among those wallets. Those are all important metrics that we look at to see how 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 wide ranging our, our economy is. Right. Mm -hmm. When you think about decentralization of the infrastructure, you know, we need to, I think, continue to get participation nodes um, operating on that. You know, we, ha we have plenty, but we need to continue to have more, right? That's absolutely. And it's not just the number of, it's primarily, I think, the number of wallets that participate, but also the number of the nodes themselves that participate, right? The thing right, is, right. though, if you're going to run a participation node, as we get better and better in terms of our performance, we start demanding, we meaning the protocol, starts demanding more and more of those participation nodes. And so it is problematic if you're running a participation node that is not up to spec, right? Got it. It's problematic if you're running a participation node and you you declare yourself as online, but you're not actually online. Or if you go down and we think that you're participating and you're not really participating the way that you need to. And it's also very hard for us to keep track of that, to understand right, right. who's not and who's not. So it's a bit of a balance, right? And I think we we need to do more. We're exploring with a couple of our partners a way to do like an Amazon wealth ser um, web services, AWS kind of, we'll run the participation node for your wallets if you want to do it with us and we'll, the foundation will figure out a way to support that. So that's one thing we're doing. we also want to think of giving, um, you know, some credit in some kind of a crypto type way, right? Like um, NFTs or, or you get to be in a discord channel or you're acknowledged in some way if you have, um, so kind of fun ways like that that we're also kind of experimenting with. And then right, right. Uh, relay nodes is a little bit of a dis different animal because those relay nodes really, they can't go down, right? You need to know what they are. They, they need to, and they are dis dispersed for sure. And when we, when we, when we, you have to apply and you have to stake algos to, to run a relay node and you're mm -hmm. picked and we look at how geographically dispersed you are, how, what kind of, you know, setup that you have and you have to meet certain technical parameters. So we, but I would say that we do keep, for now, a pretty heavy thumb on that because we just, look, there's reasons that we don't go down, right? And so we are loath to sacrifice anything to, that will ever put in any kind of jeopardy the, the quality of our infrastructure, right? But we right, get right. it. You know, we, more and more decentralized the, the infrastructure is, the, the, you know, the better it is, right? But we just right. want to make mistakes on that. Yeah. So just to unpack what you what you said a little bit is that so the relay nodes are spread across the world. There is a permission to it. But then really through randomness and everything else, the participation nodes are the ones that are actually taking part in the consensus and nobody. Ever, so and I've also noticed a lot of uh, new participation nodes have gone online recently. There was yeah. a I think it was after either ETH Denver or South by Southwest. There was like a spike of like a thousand participation nodes. Yeah. So. And we're going to try to get that number up. And we're just thinking of ways to encourage people. And, you know, I honestly, Silvio says this, and I believe it's, there's also a civic duty element to this. If you're mm -hmm. going to be an active participant in the Algorand ecosystem, you should probably run a participation note, or you should think about it. If you have the wherewithal to do it, you should, right. you should seriously consider doing it as part of civic duty. Yeah. And I think it will, like you said, just incentivizing it in any way, like some acknowledgement, I think that'll help. And then it may be as, as it goes along, you know, a reward, however, that's going to work out, but okay. Right. And this is also why, and I, you'll probably bring this up at some point, but as we are kind of rethinking our governance rewards program, what does it count? Mm -hmm. What does, what does being a governor mean? We're opening the aperture to address these kinds of questions that you bring up and that I've heard elsewhere in the community as well. Right. 
And I think we will. We're going to talk about that. I think before we do that, we're, we're obviously going to talk about governance. But um, before we do that, you know, Algorand says we're the future of finance, right? FutureFi. This is, you know, we tag it, you know, hashtag FutureFi. This is, <laughs> this is what we do. So what does the future of finance look that runs on Algorand? How does that look? You know, part of this is the future of finance runs on blockchain. And mm -hmm. part of it is the fact that we're the best blockchain. So I don't know that, you know, I think it is the idea that we are and maybe uniquely capable of delivering on the promise of blockchain at scale, which is what gives us our, you know, competitive advantage here. But for me, the promise of blockchain, and this is why I'm in it. This is, you know, why I left a very good career in traditional finances, because I believe that this is really an important solution. And I want to be part of delivering on that solution is this idea that, and I, you know, I hesitate a little bit because nobody listening to you needs a blockchain 101 lecture, you know, but just the idea that, you know, you're all parties are writing to one ledger. This idea that you are sending an algo from A to B is, is a nice way of thinking about it, but it's not actually what's happening, right? It's one ledger and everybody's writing to the same ledger. And the and if you think about sort of the history of financial innovation, it's really been about making sure those communications between different balance sheets are as quick as possible, right? And, then, and that they don't go, nothing goes wrong between them. That's not even a question here. You're all writing to the same ledger. And the idea that the, the many different things that that brings with it, that you can understand better the provenance of where, phone, where your funds come from, the idea that you can trace to their destination better, the idea that you can um, make micropayments in a way that you could not before, you know, because the, you know, the dollar is lumpy, right? You're not, you know, there's certain things that, you know, you can't have sub penny things in, in, in cash. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and then that's just the monetary side, which is huge. But when you also start thinking about self, self, self sovereign identity and the opportunities that that opens up, I think that is just a game changer for unfortunately huge parts of this world that don't have access to identity. And it's not just in developing countries, by the way, it's also in this country as well, where you either give up too much of your identity to do something, or you cannot marshal evidence of who you are and your good history when you need to. And blockchain can solve that. And, and that's the promise of all kinds of, of that's the promise of blockchain in theory, right? And, right. and solving the holdup problem for data sharing, all of that. But Algorand delivers on that with subpenny fees, with a very light footprint, at ridiculous throughput and scale. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you know, it's a big world out there, and we are just ready to as, to to bring on those projects and to to start, you know, the realization of that of that future of finance, as you said. Right. And then, you know, like and you mentioned state proofs earlier and that technology, if adopted and I've heard, um, you know, I, I think I've heard you say it and I, I've heard a lot of people say it that, you know, Algorand potentially and, you know, in a great scenario becomes a settlement layer for all of the blockchains on because it's so fast, so cheap and, and and all that. Right. Like, yeah, that's kind of the you? idea. Why right? wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd settle on Algorand. I mean, I'm the CEO of the foundation, so you know. <laughs> yeah, and I settle on Algorand. Like, why wouldn't you do that? I, yeah. you know, I, I participated in this. I was an investor in the on-chain monkey. It's kind of one of the first NFTs that were fully on-chain. Mm -hmm. And so I paid, I think, four thousand dollars for this monkey, and you know that's fine. Uh, but I had to pay like hundred and seventy-eight dollars to buy the damn monkey. I was so yeah. furious about that. Like, why? Why did I have to pay hundred and seventy-eight dollars to buy? to buy this, to buy this thing. It's like, well, and by the way, I think that you probably got a deal. $178. It sounds cheap. In right. gas fees. It was a while ago. Yeah, it was, it was a yeah. number of months ago. Right. Yeah. So, okay. What was I going to, I was, I had another point about that. I was going to say something about, we're talking about state proofs in the settlement layer and uh, well, okay. You I'm going to move on. Particular, you know, pride of ownership around, around state proofs, you know, we, I right. mean, if anybody could, you know, could implement state proofs when it's, when it's done, then that would be a much better world for everybody, right? Because yeah. systems enable you to just take a picture of the of the Algorand blockchain and understand the state of affairs and 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 believe that that is the state of affairs. It's tamper proof, etc. And then just be able to kind of pick it up and teleport it over to that's a technical term. Pick it up and teleport <laughs> it over to a new blockchain and read it and understand that that is in fact the case. So you don't have this like burning and minting process. It's just very much just by smart contract. And yeah. uh, you know, bridges that are 
that are, you know, have a consensus of like 29 people or whatever it is. Yeah. And then another point that, you know, I've I've heard you touch on and, you know, I think about a lot is that, you know, well, for one, us in the U.S., guys in the U.S., I think sometimes just kind of look at what's happening here, right? And and how how blockchain can help us and where we want to see things. But Algorand is truly making a global play here. You know, like this morning, we heard about Nigeria and, you know, El Salvador and Latin America in general. And, um, you know, this plays a blockchain technology obviously plays a huge um, part in remittances and, you know, oppress people in other countries that maybe aren't able to be financially independent because maybe their husband doesn't let them or whatever the scenario is, you can really have some independence on the phone. And, you know, yeah, how those damn husbands, those right? Damn husbands, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure my I had an argument with my wife today. I'm sure she'd agree with you. Yeah, she, <laughs> so, called, me. she called me, and so I. I mean, so you're going to bat for her? Yeah. There are places in Africa. I don't mean like remote villages. I mean I am talking about like big cities in Africa with banking with banks where you need to get a letter from somebody else who is a customer of that bank before they'll give you a bank account, right? Or just yeah. imagine that you are in a more of a rural area that you have to tr- spend a day, you know, going into the, the biggest town to get to access your banking services. Right. And like, let you know this. I, I didn't say, but it's a very important point of this one point seven billion that are embanked. About a million of them have some kind of a mobile device. Right. Yeah. And so the idea that you can start. Um, divorcing the idea of financial inclusion from the fact that you have a bank account. And then you can think about financial inclusion as something different than having a bank account, um, Mm -hmm. you know, can go, go a lot of the way towards making lives easier for, you know, for folks. Well, right. And then we all know that um, we won't belabor this point, but we all know that, you know, people that are living close to a zero balance are also the people that get trampled on in the banking industry with fees and all of the different things, predatory loans, you know, all that stuff that can happen. And what, you know, DeFi can, you know, there's opportunity for people um, that they wouldn't have in the traditional banking sense. Okay, It's very expensive to be poor. I mean, that's the bottom line. I mean, seriously. And um, okay, so we mentioned it. We talked about governance. There is a big conversation happening in the community. I'm definitely, there's going to be, you're going to be um, on Twitter spaces tomorrow. We're shooting this Monday, like I said, but yeah. mm-hmm. um, so. Yep. We're going to have our first town hands- hall. First of all, yeah. I hope monthly, monthly town halls. Monthly town hall. But um, in the meantime, um, let's let's talk about it because there is a conversation happening about this. And there's uh, two proposals. One is um, sort of, just continuing the idea of the ex-gov situation. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and then the other one is giving basically the DeFi protocols um, more say in how how uh, everything gets done, right? Um, so kind of, could, if you could break down real quick um, what we're looking at and what we're voting on as governors. Yeah, so it's not so much giving the DeFi protocols more say, it's giving the DeFi protocols as agents of the users of those protocols more say. So okay. we are, they are a vehicle for expressing the, the values and the wishes of, of their users and a vehicle for giving them governance, their underlying users giving them governance rewards, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, for us, it was kind of an existential mind shift a little bit. And as you know, this, this, uh, this, this uh, governance program started uh, before me. It started as a as a uh, participation uh, rewards program and turned into governance rewards program because we want to be a decentralized uh, layer one and we want to have and we need community input uh, into the way that we run the foundation and the way that we run the protocol, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but then it became clear, or it is clear to me um, that. There are many ways to be, as Silvio said from the beginning, and as I said earlier on this call, many ways to be a good citizen of our ecosystem, right? Um, It is not just the fact that you lock up some algos for three months and you take a vote. That's a very important way to be a good citizen, but it is not the only way. Other ways are to participate in our DeFi community. Other ways are to be a creator in our economy. Other ways are to, you know, run nodes of various kinds. There are lots of different ways that you can participate in this community. And why wouldn't we give you both the rewards and demand of you the responsibility of voting and accountability in the same way that 
we give this one section of our community. So basically the idea is that we're calling more participants governors than we started with. We're expanding the definition of what it is to be a governor. So that's the first thing. And the important thing to note about that is that you, um, you, you know, well, first of all, I will say you should not participate in DeFi if you're not comfortable. Like, don't do, don't do things that you're not comfortable doing. This is not a call for, you know, more participation in DeFi. Only right, invest right. what you can afford to lose, et cetera, et cetera. And this is not financial advice, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. the, the fact that you are participating in DeFi is a pretty, uh, and pretty important concept. You're a pretty important pillar of this of this community, and so you should be rewarded in the same the same way. Um, it, it's very much in line with Silvio's initial vision of just citizen participation. Like we're not going to survive unless all of us are working together on it. Okay, so that's the first that's the first part. And then of course we have to go through the protocols because we don't we're not going to issue algos to individuals. And we'll have you know and all the technical details we can go through on the call tomorrow, or if you want to, we can we can go through here. But that's the first piece. The second piece is about giving two times the the voting for, uh, per algo if you participate in DeFi, and that is um, because we have many institutional investors, large institutional investors. We are very deeply grateful to those institutional investors. This is no throwing shade on institutional investors, but. Those are not the kinds of investors that participate in DeFi particularly, right? They are very, you know, they're conservative. And so we want, and they have um, outsized voting power right now in our governance. And so this is also a mechanism to just try to balance a little bit more, to take a little bit of the juice away from the big, bigger institutional players and give a little bit more to the DeFi ecosystem, and which tends to be more retail household kinds of investors. So again, just trying to make it a, um, I would say, a more benign governance um, environment, basically. So those are kind of the two, the two goals with it. And then we're starting with DeFi because you have to start somewhere, right? right. And um, and then we'll continue to get community input and to to roll it out to other kinds of participation. Got it. So yeah, because right now we have a situation where maybe I can, um, you know, on AlgoFi. I can stake my governance there, and then they're actually giving us the opportunity to vote independently there by creating a new wallet, however they're doing it in the background. Mm -hmm. And then there's other different approaches, like you know, you have folks finance where they're, you're basically delegating your vote to them, and then they um, are gonna vote with the foundation is what they stated they mm -hmm. would do. And then they also stated they'll adjust that. So there is um, there is that that's happening now. So this new this new approach is basically the same, and it's going to be up to the protocols how to, you know, are they going to give individuals a right to vote? Are they going to have a different mechanism to get the, to kind of pull the people that are taking part? And then um, and then they'll do. So they're kind of, and then they'll receive the rewards for the governance, right? For everybody that's staked in there. And then they're gonna distribute it. Now this will let, I, it sounds like there's a free market um, thing happening here to where if they don't behave the way we want, then we'll move to a different protocol. Is that kind of like, so you're leaving it up to the protocol and how to behave here? Yeah, I mean, that's part of the decentralization ethos for it. I, I you know, I, I don't think they're going to be that different, frankly, as my guess, but yeah, but yeah they, 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 they'll take the, the TVL and over the average of the time, they'll get the average TVL and that will afford them their, their governance rewards and their voting right. And they will then have to figure out how they want to vote um, mm -hmm. and how they distribute those rewards. So does this take away, so if I'm gonna, let's say AlgoFi and this new thing gets passed, does this take away me um, staking as a governor independently, right? And so now if I want to do it this way, I'm actually staking into AlgoFi, the, the protocol. Yeah, exactly. So you can participate as a governor. And again, you know, it's important that, you know, you and I have both talked about this, that don't participate in DeFi if you don't feel ready. You just can, yeah. we don't love you any less if you're just a, a governor. Yeah. <laughs> you're still a governor, uh, yeah. but if you participate in DeFi, you can, and then in addition, you can participate in say the AlgoFi vault. That's a more of a leveraged kind of uh, play, but you Got can- it just automatically be counted because you're in AlgoFi or folks finance or anywhere else, you will automatically be counted as a governor because you are participating in DeFi. And we think that's an important way of contributing to this ecosystem, of participating in this ecosystem. 
Got it. And so, cause you know, I, I spoke to Anthony Scaramucci recently and one of his main things was like, look, we got to grow the TVL. We got to, um, you know, got to grow the community. And these are things that, you know, institutions look at. This is like, you know, when we were kind of hypothesizing about, he, he had brought up Starbucks and he's like, yeah, it, Algorand makes perfect sense for Starbucks. And it, it's, it would be weird for them not to use them. But at the same time, like we need, this needs to be more robust. You know, the people, the, the community, the TVL. So what's the idea here? How does this new approach um, help us grow the TVL? Well, right. And I think it's important to say, I, I come at it a little bit slightly differently than Anthony Scaramucci. I mean, he wants to see that number on the board and I want to right. see it actually happening, which will give us that number on the board. So it's not exactly about having the number on DeFi Llama. It's about having a big ecosystem and a robust ecosystem and a big robust ecosystem will get that number on the board on DeFi Llama, of course. Right. Right. And so uh, it is having said that, though, it is true that governance, um, and we had this to a community vote in the beginning that there would not be any, um, you know, punishment if you withdrew your algos yeah, yeah. in time, right? So that meant that there's no kind of element where participating in governance will give us TVL. So that mm-hmm. it's not counted as TVL. So that is a shame in a certain way that we we aren't kind of getting credit for the TVL that participates in governance. And so if we want to get those, and like it's important for me to say again, it's not about getting the number up per se, it's about having this robust ecosystem, but it, but we aren't getting credit for those. And so participation in DeFi will also get that TVL number up, uh, however, right. however we end up counting it, yeah. Right, got it. And so, all right, yeah, that makes sense. And you know, to people that say, well, doesn't this further centralized governance instead of decentralized governance? I think you've said it, but the point is, is that we already have a problem with huge institutional people just kind of sitting there taking the rewards and can sway a lot of these votes already. So getting the people that are actually participating and you know the protocols and having them have a, a maybe a bigger say I think further decentralizes it, if you ask me, as far as I understand. Yeah, 100%. That's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. Like the idea is, is all about decentralization. It's that's the idea. I, you know, I, you know, I have a show and I have a comment section on my show and a lot of people are, you know, they miss they're they're misty eyed about uh, the the good old days of participation rewards. They want participate. They want, let's just get rid of uh, the governance. And like you said, the governance idea was, you know, was born before you. So are what, what, you know, now you're here, you're in charge of this new decentralized governance. What do you say to people be, that say, look, it would be better. We would grow faster if we just had participation rewards. I'll say, you know, I miss those participation rewards too, because the foundation held a lot of algo and we would get part- <laughs> We would get participation yeah. rewards. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, where, where's this hole in our budget? Oh, well, you know, we don't participate in governance awards because, you know, we're moving to decentralization. And, and you know, I have to say, I was like, oh, that's a yeah. shame. Can we bring back the <laughs> I like my algorithm as much as so, so are, are you, do you, do you have burner accounts? Are you the one commenting <laughs> under my videos? <laughs> but it is but again it's not it's it's you you should you need you you have to have civic engagement in this community and so part of the way that you have civic engagement is that you lock up your algos and you vote other ways to have civic engagement or to participate in DeFi or to be a creator or to run a you know a proper participation node which meets the technical requirements or or a relay note or whatever it is. Like we're still thinking this through, but but you you gotta participate. Um and so yeah. um and you know oddly participation notes didn't really require participation rewards didn't really require participation in the stricter form of the word, right? Right. Yeah. You could just kind of, and I get it. I, it's like, let's, let's reward more the people that are actually doing something to, I think it makes, I think it makes a lot more sense to, yeah. uh, personally to me. And um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, we were talking about participation rewards and then, Oh, that's, that was something that I was thinking I, as you were saying that I was thinking about, look, okay. So there's 10, 10 billion algo that, you know, that were minted. I, I think nearly 70% of those um, are, 
in circulation. So we have about 30% left and it'll be fully dispersed by 2030. Now with the foundation, with the, um, with Inc and, you know, and Scaramucci brought up this point, he's like, there's people in pain right now, but there's also, you know, developers and people that are working at Inc, you know, with Algo at 44 cents. And, you know, there's, there's just, you know, it gets harder now as, as the algo gets fully distributed by 2030, what's and maybe this is too far out to even speculate, but what's the plan kind of to keep, you know, the foundation going, ink going like how, you know, once there's no more algo, you know, how does that how does that play out? Yeah, I mean, um, we I think we've only used about six. So we're at six and some change. So we're not quite to seven, but but okay. the but the. But what happened in the, you know, and again, I wasn't here, but the community in the beginning didn't like the um, the fact that it wasn't as well stipulated as it needed to be, what the kind of the, the monetary supply process of the algo was going to be. And so they made a, an effort to just put a framework around how the foundation would spend money because we don't want to be like dumping algo, obviously. We're very concerned about that, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, um, so we have, you know, put that in place. Um, and then... When we think about our long-term sustainability, of course, now I'm telling, you know, staff, little things and big things like, you know, everybody be careful about travel budgets and like make sure about, you know, everybody, we're stewards of our of our own budget and stewards of our own ecosystem. We all have to act very responsibly about that, right? Right. Having said that, though, when I came in, it was um, a go big or go home play for us, right? Like, and I think we were conservative in our nature. And so we didn't want to, um, you know, make the, I don't think we made at the foundation level in the protocol, they invested a lot, right? So they are, they have always invested a lot in making this the best layer one from a technical point of view, but from the, from the block, from the foundation point of view, we could have done, invested much more in marketing. I don't know if you've heard that. Have you heard on Twitter people complaining? Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody ever complains about the marketing. Nobody. No, nobody. And by the way, you in the in the ultimate, like, just <laughs> you came on the scene and like, man, you've successfully quiet those people. I mean, there's yeah. still a couple of people, and they just look ridiculous now. Yeah. <laughs> like when somebody complains about the marketing, I don't even feel the need to engage. Like it's just like, yeah, it's yeah, like that doesn't make sense. Marketing. We got it. I put you know, solved. we were right. They were right. Totally. Yeah. Every, you know, this was a, this was an absolutely fair criticism. And, um, but you know, of course, hats off to the marketing team that we do have like Steve Dygan and Kelly Callahan, right? Like they did so much with the resources that they, that they have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, so, so it's not that we're going to slow down because the algo is at 45 cents. Like we're not going to do that. We are investing for the long term, and it is right, not right. about, Algorand versus Avalanche or Algorand versus Solana. There's a huge world out there and we are mm -hmm. going to be the future of finance, right? And so we need to, we are continuing to hire. We are continuing to invest for the medium term and we are continuing on our, on our marketing to make sure that we are understood. And I myself, uh, I'm, I'm going to be out there more. You're going to get sick of seeing me, you know, and I'm knocking on your door like, Hey, I've been on your podcast for a while. Can I come back? You know, I want to uh, talk about you're something. Always welcome. Oh, you say that now. You say that now. Okay. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm always welcome. <laughs> um, and so, so what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. And then just to say, and I mean, I, I know this is a bit brash perhaps to say this, and and um, it is not to make light of what anybody's going through right now with Terra Luna at all, because this is really, I mean, $56 billion is not anything to sneeze about for anybody, right? But mm -mm. we think that we that this is probably going to be good for us this crypto winter right so we don't like it nobody likes having their coin price at, at 45 cents nobody likes that especially it's it's um you know it's a little bit dispiriting when you are doing all of these things finally and then you know like ah yeah. it's, and it's so oh, china and supply chain and and war yeah. in europe and it's just like so much that doesn't have anything to do with us it's just like you feel like you're trying so hard and my team is there they're tired and they're working hard and you know and then yeah, have yeah. it happen. It's just not fun, right? But when you think about it in the medium term, this is what separates, you know, sort of the men from the boys or the the women from the from the girls, right? And mm -hmm. we're going to be fine, right? We have a good runway. We've got a good. We we have the best tech, and we've got a you know I like to say a, a couple of year oxygen tank on our back, right? So we're 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 going to come out on top on this, and this is where we're just going to be building, and we're going to be ready for for when spring comes again. Yeah, so it sounds like the bear market is not slowing down Algorand. No, 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 that, that, absolutely yeah, yeah. not. Absolutely. And 
I mean, and, and you know, I've discussed this before, but it, it sure seems like when these types of things happen, you see a Terra Luna die and, and, you know, and I'm sure we're going to see other things fall off as well. You know, people start to look at the tech a little bit more. They want to know that it's going to work. And Algorand clearly is uh, set up to be, you know, stay up and be the good tech. And then there's an investment in FIFA. I mean, I'm sure it is. It is frustrating for I'm sure you guys, for all of us retail guys, because if we weren't in a bear market, that FIFA announcement would have been. I mean, come on. FIFA is the largest sports organization in the world. I mean, this is like, this is an insanely huge development. Yeah, I mean, it's like, for some reason, it's not entirely clear to me, people enjoy watching grown men like running back and forth across the field after the ball. <laughs> and never <laughs> score. And at the end of the I'm not here to judge, you know, I'm not. But yeah. um, I will tell you something a little bit, um, maybe a little bit more internal. It's interesting because I'm also trying to hire a number of people in very senior positions, right? Mm -hmm. And there's one, I'm not even going to say one to three, but one in particular, gun-ho, 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 and then mm, I'm not there anymore, right, as a candidate. And it made me think this is also very good for my hiring because if you're just in it for like a, a pumping play and you think it's like a short ride, you're not the real deal. And it's very hard for me to tell that in a booming market. And it's easy for me to tell that when we're sliding into a bear market, who's real, who's gonna roll up their sleeve, who's gonna invest for the medium term. It's just helping me be a bit more discerning that way. And so it's, it, has, it has an interesting kind of silver linings to the gray cloud, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good way to look at it. You know, I heard somebody say this in a spaces and I don't know if they were leaking it or if this is public knowledge or not, but is it true that the foundation actually, instead of just the grant approach where, you know, thank you, welcome to the, welcome to the ecosystem. Uh, we want to support you. Is it also true that uh, the foundation is starting to make, um, give, give money, but also take an equity stake in certain projects and things like that? Because that seems like a, another approach that would create sustainability and, you know, and, and for the longer term, is that, is that a true thing? Yeah. You know, I, um, I, called it now see i i have to pause here because i'm going to be showing my age but um <laughs> well the, the last video game that i spent a lot of time playing was space invaders you know this is like pac-man early yeah, early. I, I, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so this is a little bit like a space invader strategy you're kind of shooting at things as they come into you so we open the a grant and we have a link on the website and everybody can just kind of as opposed to and we were giving away very small grants and mm -hmm. to me it's not as strategic of an approach, right? That you you have a, a lots of lots of people coming in. Everybody that wants something gets to, and uh, and that you give out small amounts of money. So what I want to do is I want to give out bigger amounts of money. Mm -hmm. I want to have a sense that developers that are coming through our ecosystem through hackathons and accelerators and all of that we we understand them. I've we've reorganized ourselves internally so somebody's in charge of DeFi, somebody's in charge of Web three, somebody's in charge of NFT, somebody's in charge of gaming, so that those business development type ecosystem people are. It's their job to know what's going on in that vertical. It's their job to who know who the developers are and where the good players are and where the smart people are and all of that, what we want to go after and how we can prioritize and be strategic and then be a full partner with them either by giving either and giving more money and taking some upside or having a right to take some upside and actually making some investments where, where we believe so that where it's a, it's a partnership for ecosystem growth. And mm -hmm. I have to say that so far this is, this has been, yielding some pretty good results actually and so we're we're excited about that you know because you 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 know you want to put your all your eggs in one basket and and watch the basket right and so it's not going to be just one basket but we're going to go bigger with fewer partners rather than little with like anybody that applies to our website that makes sense yeah. and so um and we'll Are talk you... about that more tomorrow too, as well. Okay. Oh, oh, so that is okay. That is on the on the um, yeah. on the on the docket there. Yeah. So you, you know, you, you scheduled this for the day before the thing. <laughs> yeah, I got to get. I'm 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 front running here. I'm actually going to put this out today. Yeah, um, I'm sure you are. Yeah, you're taking a little bit of wind out of our sails for tomorrow. Still come though, everyone. Please still dial in. Yeah, no, you got to. Well, no, this will just this will just will probably instigate more questions. Really, mm -hmm. you know, I've talked to Michael Cotton. I've talked to a couple. You mentioned. Uh, Pact and uh, Dojo from Pact and X Pact, and I've talked to these guys. Um, 
mainly in Australia, I guess, but they talk about the Algorand summer, right? They're like, this is going to be a great summer. We've already seen things like FIFA. And so, I mean, are we, are, are we excited? Should we be excited about what's going on in the summer and some of the things that you guys have planned? Yeah. I mean, we are just like all systems firing a hundred percent. You know, we've got this, you know, climate ride partnership. We've got mm-hmm. the, you know, Emerge Americas. We've got the FIFA. We've got, mm-hmm. I mean, so much going on, right? Um, the sale GPs, all of these are, are, are big partnerships. We're going to continue to, to, to grow these and continue to have more of these. And we're, we're, we've got so many people now going through the, so many projects going through the audit process, so many projects now on testnet coming onto mainnet. It's just, I mean, yeah, it's really, it's like the Cambrian explosion of, of, of um, planet Algorand is what I'm expecting for 2022 for sure. Well, also, wait, actually, you just reminded me from your interview the other day, uh, you, you mentioned disaster relief. And what what is Algorand's, um, you know, part? What 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 are they doing with uh, disaster relief payments? Yeah. So, I mean, it's the disaster relief organizations. I mean, it, they I feel so sorry for those guys. I mean, they are often seriously flying with like fifty thousand dollars worth of prepaid debit cards to these disaster relief things and handing out these prepaid debit cards to people that have lost everything right oh. and so and then in addition there's a lot of it lends itself to a lot of fraud right because you know you you might be going for with fema texas and also fema federal and you might be double dipping and it's very hard to tell but you can't do the due diligence take a long time to do it because people need the money now and so the whole thing is just fraud it's like perfect for a blockchain uh, play and if you're going to and if you're a disaster relief organization, um, and we are uh, going to announce the kickoff of two really important partnerships on this. It's not a. It's not. It's not something that I want to. I don't want to kind of like jump ahead of the announcement, but it's not a, a secret necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, that we are going to be the blockchain for these for the disaster relief uh, payments uh, for these two very large organizations, and so what that means, and it goes also though Cooper to this identity question. Where you, you know, sometimes these disasters hit where people don't have a well-established identity. But if you can take a picture of yourself and and maybe and and do and 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 show a picture of your, you know, living room and establish your identity in like five or six different ways, then they know that your living room, yeah, it is flooded, and you can prove that you live there. Then you can all of that money can start going to you more easily when you need it, right? This is the kind of thing I'm talking about: moving the dial on impact and inclusion that we really, really care about. We just hired an, an amazing guy named Matt Matt Keller, mm-hmm. who ran the uh, Global X Prize for Learning for the Elon Musk's Global X Prize, and he's done a lot of work in. Um, voter participation and a lot of where he, he was at the MIT Media Lab doing one laptop per child, which is one of the very first um, big programs to try to get uh, laptops into the hands of, of all kids in school in developing countries. He worked at the World Food Program for a while, like real heavy hitter. And he's going to be running our, our, our impact work. And this is kind of one of the first things that he sort of, you know, is leading for us now is like get get these disaster relief payments. It's just obvious how great this would be. And of course, if it's a disaster, you know, your layer one better not go down in the middle of a disaster. Yeah. Right? You gotta make it. And because disasters are caused by climate so much more now, you better make sure that your layer one does not have a large um, uh, carbon footprint. Right. So this is what I mean, where it's like we're just built for this stuff. We're 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 the we're the game for this kind of stuff. Right. Well, exactly. And it just seems like, you know, everybody talks about what blockchain can do for the world. Right. And it does seem to me and maybe like you said, you're the CEO of the foundation. I my channel is so heavily directed towards Algorand. So I get that we're in a bit of a bubble. But at the same time, it. I, I try to stay, you know, part, you know, impartial here and look at the real situation. It seems like Algorand's actually delivering on what blockchain can do for the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you agree? I mean, like we hear about Nigeria today, El Salvador. Anyways, moving on. And then yeah. you also mentioned um, Elon Musk, and so you got Kimball Musk at Dequency, right? He's invested in Dequency on the Algorand blockchain. You have this X Prize guy. I mean, at what point is? Uh, old Elon. Have you, do you, have you sent him any emails? How are we going to get Elon? I mean, it makes sense. The carbon yeah. negative blockchain. Yeah. You know, he called me um, on Friday night and he was just right, asking right. me, you know, what my views were on things. And I said, just yeah. we finish this Twitter stuff first and then we'll, we can talk. So I, <laughs> okay. So you, well, you brushed them off a little bit. I get it. I'm irritated. Oh, an, another, 
with all the stuff, like just close Twitter. All right. Just make that deal. Stop with the, just. Know, he's got, he's got his own set of problems. Ooh, another, another big, uh, another big guy, um, Martin Shrikelli. Did you see this? The pharma bro? Yeah, what happened there? What? Okay, so the the headline, it's an amazing headline. Um, The headline or the the beginning of the story is convicted felon Martin Shkreli. I don't even, I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Convicted felon Martin Shkreli gets released from prison on Wednesday and touts the Algorand blockchain. (laughs) So it's like they, they tried to put Algorand as close to convicted felon as possible. But he came out, uh, Martin Shkreli just got out of prison, and he came out saying that Algorand and Solana are, um, you know, he's really bullish on Algorand and Solana. So my question is, are you guys at the foundation working uh, closely with the pharma bro? No. (laughs) In fact, you know, when I tell you, when you were saying that, I thought you were going to, I did see something on Twitter about, and somebody making fun of some tweet, but I didn't really... And so I thought you were going to say something else. And then I was going to make a joke that said, oh, you, I thought you were going to say Algorand. And then you did say Algorand. Like, no, no, we, no. no, no, he he definitely he went on Twitter spaces and was talking about um, Algorand and Solana as, uh, you know, good investments. So, okay. hey, look, if, if you can trust anybody. Uh, I, you can definitely not trust that guy. Don't listen to that guy. That's one guy. I mean, I'm almost willing to uh, forgive anybody. Like, oh, they, oh, they love Algorand. That's great. And I'm kind of like with that guy. I'm like, ah, you can go ahead and uh, leave it alone, sir. Um, <laughs> all right. Did I miss anything? Thank you so much. We're almost I mean, welcome to an hour. Like, did I think? What? <laughs> yeah. If yeah. we got to Martin Shkreli, I don't think I yeah. missed anything. I feel like you probably didn't miss anything on the way down. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this really, this really is. You know, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time. Okay, I'm going to speculate real quick. You know, we like to read the tea leaves in the community. There is, um, you know, there's been a little bit of hype around Starbucks or or possibly PayPal um, building their stable coin using Algorand. You know, can we, should we be excited about some bigger announcements like that? Or should we just kind of be like, hey, relax, man. You, you know, you just got FIFA. Like, what are you, you're being greedy. Like, what are your thoughts on some of these, some of this speculation that happens in the community about something like a Starbucks or a PayPal? Relax, man. We just got FIFA. Now you're being greedy. <laughs> okay, there you go. And that's it, folks. You heard it from her after I said it. All right. <laughs> thank you so much, Stacy. This was so much fun. It was so and much thank fun you. here. And thank you for the shirt and the plants. I mean, this is. <laughs> I, love I love this it. shirt. I love it. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you.